Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Have you found the social distancing of the last several weeks to be hard? I want to tell you about a woman who had to socially distance herself for 12 years. I mean, just imagine that. Imagine the isolation, the loneliness. And in her case, there was shame. You see, she had a certain medical condition and that's what made her ostracized from her community. So she couldn't come close to anyone. No social interaction for 12 long years. You know this woman. You know her from the Gospels. She had a persistent hemorrhaging for 12 years. And one day she sees Jesus and she says, if I just reach out and touch his garment, I shall be made clean. And she touches Jesus and immediately her hemorrhaging stops. But did you know she's not fully cured yet? And this is what I want to focus on in today's episode, that the real healing Jesus wants to do isn't just to heal her physically. He wants to heal her at deeper levels. He wants to heal her socially so that she can be restored to her community, restored into friendship with others. He wants to heal her emotionally. He says to her, go in peace. Jesus wants to give her the gift that he says the world cannot give, a deep abiding peace in her heart. And he wants to heal her spiritually. He calls her daughter. He says, daughter, go in peace, inviting her to be a part of the spiritual family of disciples, the supernatural family of God he's establishing. You see, what Jesus does with this woman, he wants to do with all of us. He wants to heal us at the deepest levels of our existence. And many of us, we have many wounds that we carry from life, things from our upbringing, bad habits that we've learned over the years, certain dysfunctional emotional responses, behaviors, and all of this stuff is a part of our life story. It's a part of who we are. And and Jesus wants to heal that because he knows it, it keeps us from really thriving in life. You see, the goal isn't just stop sinning, you know, just don't break the 10 commandments. And it's more than that. Jesus wants us to thrive. He wants us to flourish. And he knows that that can only happen if we're healed at the deepest levels. He knows that these things from our life, these patterns of behavior, these emotional responses can affect how we interact with others in the workplace, with friends, with family. He knows it affects how we handle pressure in life, how we view ourselves, how we deal with stress, how we deal with anxiety. All these things affect us and he wants to heal us. And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's episode. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I want to give a warm welcome, as I always do, to all the new listeners, anyone new listening. Thanks for joining us today. You know, this topic we're looking at here, I think is so important. And I, and I want to start off with a question for you. I'm going to ask you a question. Can we say that certain emotions are good and certain emotions are bad? Can we say that? In other words, are, are there certain emotional responses that are praiseworthy? Could we actually praise a person for their emotional response on something? And can we actually say that there are some emotional responses that aren't good, that aren't healthy? And, and could we, you know, notice, you know, in ourselves, oh, I, I just responded emotionally that way. I should not have done that. That was not praiseworthy. Can we say that? You know, we live in a secular age that gives such uh, emphasis on people's emotions and protecting people's emotions. And, and, and it's popular to say things like emotions are neutral. You know, that's what you'll find in many self-help books. You'll find it in some marriage books out there. You know, when you have conflict in marriage, you know, your emotions aren't good or bad. You know, emotions are neutral. That's very popular out there in the culture. I want you to know that's not 
exactly a Catholic view of things, though. It's not what St. Thomas Aquinas would teach us. It's not what you'll find in Catholic theology, in the catechism. You see, think about Jesus. What did Jesus say when he talked about certain emotions? Do you remember? Remember what he said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. He says, you've heard that it was said, thou shalt not kill. But I say to you, don't even be angry. Jesus was pointing to emotion there. The, the emotion of anger. Now, I want to be clear. He He's not saying all anger is wrong, right? Because we know Jesus got angry when he saw the injustices of the temple and he turned over the tables, the money changers, you know, so that's a righteous anger. That's a virtuous anger, but he is concerned about unjust anger. You know, if, if, if somebody steps on my toe and I just yell at them and it was an accident, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's not in proportion to the, the little harm that someone inadvertently caused me, <laughs> you know? Uh, so that would be an unjust anger. Or if I got angry at my boss for not choosing me for the promotion, but he chose someone else, well, maybe that other person was actually more worthy of the promotion. They merited it. But I, I, it's not just for me to get angry when this other person got it and, and that other person deserved it. That's unjust anger. And, and Jesus is saying those emotional responses are not good. They're not healthy. You know, when you're having a bad day, and your your spouse is uh, comes up and says hi, and, and you're frustrated that your spouse said hi to you, and uh, and and you're you, because you had a bad day, and so you, you you respond in an angry way. That's not healthy. That's not a just anger. <laughs> your spouse is just trying to be friendly and 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 offer some comfort, and, and you're responding in this negative way because you're stressed out or you're discouraged or you're sad. You know th- those those are emotions that are not going in the right direction. That that's that's from Jesus. In the Sermon on the Mount, same thing with lust. Do you remember what he says about lust? He's, you know, he says, you know, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've created, you've committed adultery in your heart. So Jesus is very much concerned about our emotional responses and he wants to heal us. He wants to heal us because he knows we're fallen, we're wounded, and our emotional responses aren't always, always going in the right direction. And, and he wants to help us. He wants to heal us there. I want to tell you a story. So just this last year, uh, we had booked a, a flight for one of our children to go, uh, to go uh, on a little, a little trip. And uh, we had to cancel the trip in the end. But I, I was talking one Sunday afternoon with my wife. And it was a leisurely Sunday afternoon. We are just having a very restful, leisurely, casual conversation. And then suddenly... My, my heart sank and I remembered something. I remembered that I forgot to cancel the flight for my daughter. It was on Southwest and the flight was leaving in 10 minutes. And all of a sudden I, I, I got frustrated and I was panicking. And, and, and so Beth and I just pictured the scene. We're just talking and all of a sudden I go, oh! and she's looking at me, what, what happened? I go, I said, I forgot, I forgot the flight. I got to cancel the flight. And she's like, what are you talking about? I go, remember we, we had this plan, the trip, and then we ended up canceling the trip, but I forgot to cancel the flight on Southwest and the plane's leaving right now. And, oh, I can't believe this. I, oh, now we're going to lose several hundred dollars. I am, I can't believe I did that. And I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm losing it. Right. I'm all frustrated, you know, with myself. And there were a lot of emotions going on in, in that moment there. And, and it lasted for like 90 seconds or so. But, uh, you know, my wife had to calm me down and just kind of say, Hey, Hey honey, it's, it's going to be okay. Just, just calm down. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, I, I we just lost several hundred dollars. <laughs> and she's like, just call them. Maybe they'll, they'll work something out. I go, 
no, it, it, the, the door's already closed. You, you, you can't get your money back at once the door's closed and, uh, on the plane and, and they're taking off and, ah, oh, and I'm just like frustrated. She goes, you know what? I'm going to leave you here. And you just, this is what she says to me. Just, just stay here. You'll, you'll figure this out. And she just walks out of the room and it was really good. So I had this like 90 second little kind of emotional outburst of, you know, again, a lot of emotions going on. On one hand, yes, I'm really frustrated that I lost several hundred dollars, but I think probably looking back on it even more at a lot of like kind of self-hatred, self-condemnation, you know, like I want to be really responsible for my family. You know, I don't like dropping balls and making big mistakes. And here I was, I just made a several hundred dollar mistake and I'm, you know, I'm going to lose all this money. And it, it was, I think a lot of things going on inside me, you know, at that moment. And again, it only lasted like 90 seconds. And then my wife calmed me down and I called Southwest and you know, actually Southwest said, no, our policy is actually not until the plane leaves the gate. And so I had just enough time and I got the refund and we were able to apply the credit toward another flight. So it all worked out in the end. Um, but I, I shared the story more because I look back at that moment, that little 90 second little, little emotional outburst there. Can we say that that was not Edward Sree's best moment. I think we can say that. <laughs> can we say that his emotions were not praiseworthy at that moment? Absolutely. Were they understandable? Sure. We're human. You know, we'd all kind of have a moment going, yeah, oh, wow, I, 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 you know, a little frustration, a little sadness, but the proportion of my frustration and anger was not, was not appropriate. Uh, you know, I wasn't throwing things. I wasn't yelling at Beth and I wasn't cursing Southwest or cursing myself. It wasn't like that, you know, but, but, Again, I would think, I wish I had responded better. I think, you know, Beth was a little unsettled for those, you know, 90 seconds, you know, as I'm, you know, losing, she wonder what's going on. I'm just imagining like Mother Teresa, how would, how would St. Mother Teresa have responded if she forgot to cancel a flight and lost $500 for the missionaries of charity? I mean, she'd be disappointed and she'd be a little sad, I'm sure, you know, but there would have been a, oh, oh, well, oh, well, that's what I did. You know, I don't think she would have lost her peace. I don't think she would have. I want to be more like Mother Teresa. How about you? Do you want to be more like the saints? Do you want Jesus to come in and touch the fringes of your emotions and heal them? Do you want him to come in to have him help you at that level? You see, Jesus doesn't want us just to do the right thing. You know, I think that's what we think many times as Catholics, you know, well, I, I didn't break a commandment, you know, but God doesn't just want a be obedience. He wants our hearts and he wants us to flourish. He wants us to, and he knows that if our, our desires and our emotions are going in the right direction, we're going to flourish more in life. We're going to thrive. You know, um, I think about it this way, you know, again, God doesn't want us just to do the right thing. He doesn't just want obedience. He wants us to want to do the right thing because he knows that's where we're going to find our happiness the most. That's when we flourish most. I think about with my uh, wife, when I first asked Beth on a date, our first date, I didn't want Beth just to say yes. I didn't want her just to go on a date with me. I wanted her to want to go on a date with me. <laughs> you know, can you imagine if I said, hey, do you want to go for dinner? And she says, well, not really, but I don't have anything else to do. So I guess I'll go. You know, I, I, no, I want her to go. With, I want her to want to go. Or imagine she said, I don't really want to go on a date with you, but my spiritual director said I should make a sacrifice for someone this week. So I guess I'll make a sacrifice and go with you. Or uh, I feel really sorry for you and I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I guess I'll just go with you this one time. No, that would have been devastating, right? I, I want her to want to go on a date with me. Jesus wants you not just to do the right thing. 
He doesn't just want you to say your prayers, be nice to your spouse, be kind to the people around you, avoid falling into impurity. You know, no, he, he wants you to want those things and he wants you to want them because he wants your heart, but he also knows this is what's best for you. You know, yes, we're fallen and we're going to have all of these emotions going in different directions. You know, it's going to be a lifelong process of our emotions being healed. But he gives us a, a certain ability to, to resist temptation. You know, we all have what Aquinas calls the virtue of continence that we can use from time to time. What is continence? Think of continence as like the emergency brake in the car. Like when things are going well and your normal brake isn't working, you're really grateful you got an emergency brake, right? Um, and, and we need an emergency brake. That's what I used with my Southwest flights that day. You know, I, I started my emotional response, initial emotional response was not good. So I go for like this 90 second little panic attack moment. <laughs> and then I have the emergency brake, calm down. It's okay. We're going to, we still have our house. We're still going to have food on the table. No one died. <laughs> Those are the things my wife always reminds me of in moments like that. Uh, you know, the, and, and I use the emergency brake to calm down. And I'm so grateful I have the emergency break, right? And and we need this for many things. Like you might lose your temper with a child, you know, or uh, maybe you're falling into discouragement and then you pull the emergency break. No, I'm not going to let myself go in this downward melancholic spiral or, um, or I, I'm going to, I, I, I'm tempted in a lustful thought and I realize no emergency break. I don't want to do that, you know, or uh, I'm tempted to fall into great fear and worry about something, uh, whatever, whatever's going on it's really good that we have the virtue of continence as Aquinas calls it, that emergency break to, that, that to press the button of self-control to resist those temptations in certain moments. But here's the thing, while it's really good to have an emergency break, you know, in your car, because you might need it in emergency situations. If you find yourself in emergency situations on the road every day and you need to use the emergency break, that's a problem. <laughs> that's probably means that the, it's pointing to a deeper problem either in your car or you're driving. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't want to use the emergency brake all the time in the car. And the same is true in our moral and spiritual lives. We don't have to rely on an emergency brake all the time. You know, wouldn't it be better if your desires were working for you instead of against you? Wouldn't it be better if you didn't have to rely on continent self-control, the emergency brake? Wouldn't it be better if your emotions were steering you in the right direction, assisting you in virtue, carrying you on toward where you really want to go in life? Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't that be better than having to always battle against those emotions? You see, God wants to get to the root of our sins. He doesn't want to just get us to stop sinning. He wants to get to the root of our sins. He wants to heal those fallen desires and those disordered emotions and growth in virtue is not simply about, you know, having, I got all these disordered emotions and desires and I'm going to resist them and say no to them. No, no. Real growth in holiness and virtue is about God healing those errant desires and emotions, transforming them and changing them into well-ordered desires. And when, when God heals our emotions and desires, then and they're going in the right direction, then the goal of the moral life is to give in to those desires and emotions. That's what you want. You want to give in to your good desires and emotions that God has healed, has, has perfected within you. 
and and that again, it takes a long time. This this is your you just notice very gradually in life, small little steps forward, baby steps forward. This is a lifetime process because these wounds are deep, deep within us. I, I want to close with a little exercise here where we're, I'm going to draw from St. Thomas Aquinas and how he talks about four stages. I think this is so helpful here. So if you really get what we do here in the, in the closing five minutes or so, I think you're going to really, really capture this point and you'll have kind of a roadmap for your mind and your, 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 your own efforts in, in growing in virtue and holiness in your life. So if you look at what Aquinas says about kind of the role of the emotions and character of virtue things, you get, you, I think we could identify four basic stages uh, of development of emo, uh, virtuous emotions, uh, four stages we pass through as we're growing in uh, in the healing work that God wants to do in our lives. And I want to start on the bad end of the spectrum, if you will, <laughs> the evil side of the spectrum of things. And I'm going to talk about uh, a vicious person. So uh, if you say a person full of vice, so what do we have here? Uh, this is a person who has bad desires, emotional responses, and they act on those bad desires. And in their mind, they think they're just fine, that what they're doing. They don't even recognize that what they're doing is wrong. So th- this is a vicious person. And so I want to get, I want to be clear. There's three things about the vicious person, desires, acts, and how his mind understands it. So the desires of themselves are bad. He acts on those bad desires and he justifies what he's doing in his mind. So take, for example, a married man. And let's say this married man has desires to have multiple affairs with multiple women and he acts on those desires. So he actually has multiple affairs with multiple women. And then he justifies it in his head. He actually thinks it's fine. He goes, you know what? Everybody does this. Or he says, you know, my my emotional and sexual needs aren't being met at home with my wife. And so this is okay. So he actually justifies what he's doing in his head. That's a, that's a vicious person, Aquinas, you know, would say a man full of vice. Now, a second stage of development of virtuous emotions would be the weak-willed person, the weak-willed person. This person has the same kind of desires. They desire to have an affair. And let's say they actually act on that desire and they have an affair. The difference is this person realizes what he's doing is wrong. He knows adultery is wrong. He should be faithful to his wife and he's not. So he recognizes that in his head. He, he just didn't have the strength of will to resist those errant desires, errant emotions. He didn't have enough strength in his emergency break, if you will. Um, So he, but he realizes what he did was wrong. Maybe he feels badly about it as a part of him that feels bad about it. Maybe he, maybe he'll even bring it to confession, but then he still falls into the sin again, you know? So, you know, he's weak-willed. There's a third stage, and this would be the self-controlled person, the person with self-control. This person also may have a desire to have an affair with another woman, you know, so he's, there's someone he, he, he meets, uh, at work and very attracted to her. He starts talking to her and you could tell he's, he's thinking about possibly this idea of an affair, but in the end he says, no, he does. He doesn't want to go that route. He knows it's wrong and he wants to be a faithful husband. And so he uses the emergency break as much as he has this desire to have this affair with this other woman. He just says, no. And he uses the emergency break, and it's really good he did, isn't it? Isn't that awesome? But is that the ideal situation? <laughs> it's really good he didn't fall into actual adultery, physical adultery, 
But man, I mean, imagine he comes home from work and he says, hey, honey, I got to tell you something. You know, there was this other woman I've been attracted to and I've been thinking about having an affair with her, but I want you to know I decided no because I want to be faithful to you. That's not the, I don't think that that, that wife is going to be really happy with that scenario, <laughs> you know, because he shouldn't have even contemplated, desired the, the idea of a affair to begin with. That's the problem, right? So he used the emergency break. He had self-control, good thing, really good thing. But wouldn't have been better if he didn't even desire the affair in the first place. And, and that's, that's what God wants for us. He wants to heal us at that deepest level. And that's where we come to the fourth stage, the highest stage of, of moral development and the healing that God wants to do in us. This is the virtuous person. The virtuous person has good desires. And he acts on those good desires and he knows what's good and evil, right? So the, so the, the married man here, doesn't have a desire for an affair <laughs> and he, and he acts in fidelity to his wife and he knows that this is what is best you know so think about this you know this man loves his wife and he wants to keep his heart entirely dedicated to her it doesn't mean he never faces temptations of lust i mean that that's just you know that's what you know being a human being we're going to face temptations uh in life but but they remain just that temptations. And he knows that, that what, that's what it is. It's a temptation. It's not a desire that he cultivates in his heart. It's not something he seeks out intentionally. No, no, no. Like whatever sexual desire might spontaneously start to stir within him at the sight of another woman or a thought of another woman, he doesn't allow himself to give into that. He looks away right away. He says a prayer. He rises above those spontaneous thoughts and reactions. JP2 says, Many things may happen in our sexual sphere spontaneously. It just we didn't seek it out; it just happens. That that that's not that's not evil. It's what we do with that. And this man doesn't continue to cultivate it and seek it out. He wants his heart to be pure and undivided in love for his wife. That's what God ultimately wants to do. But this is a lifelong process. This isn't going to happen overnight. The wounds we have are deep. So here are a few things we can do practically. First, we want to pray, of course. We pray for God to heal our emotions, whether it's of lust, whether it's of anger, whether it's fear, whether it's emotions related to, you know, envy, comparing ourselves to other people and being jealous of others, competitive spirit. We're always comparing, you know, like those things that these are things that just weigh us down. You know, fears about the future weigh us down. Anger weighs us down. Frustration, stress, all these things, they, they keep us from thriving in life and Jesus wants to heal us. So pray, ask him to help you. Frequent the sacraments. I know in these days it's maybe hard to do as churches are starting to open up, but not all parts of the country and the world are, are fully open. But when things get back to normal, go to the Eucharist, visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, spend time in his holy presence in the real presence of the Eucharist, spend time receiving him in the, in mass, you know, confession and mass. Those are two big things that can really help heal us. Uh, I'd say also be patient with yourself. That's the third point, realizing you're going to keep making mistakes. Most of us probably find ourselves between stage two and stage three. You know, you know, we, we tell ourselves, I shouldn't spend all this time on my phone. I, I, I know I, I should spend more time with my spouse and my kids and my friends and, and I practice self-control. And then there's other times where I'm weak-willed, stage two. I fall back to stage two. I'm weak-willed and I'll just spend too much time on my phone. But I know I shouldn't do that. And so then I practice self-control and I'll use the emergency break sometimes. I think most of us are kind of like in between stage two and three, being weak-willed and self-control. 
using the emergency brake and failing to use the emergency brake. God wants to get us beyond those two stages and into stage four of the virtuous life where our emotions are healed and going in the right direction. Let's ask Jesus to help us. Let's pray, frequent the sacraments, but be patient with ourselves, patient that it may take time. Uh, it may take a lot of time. I, the last thing I would encourage us to do is read the saints, read the lives of the saints, because in them you will find hope. You will see how they responded when they naturally felt frustrated or discouraged or whatever, but they rose above those feelings. That's what St. Therese tells us, that love is to rise above our feelings, our emotions. Whatever emotion you may have at a certain situation, will you bring love to it, which is the, the full force of your will to choose what's best. You know, So God wants to heal us at that deepest level. And I pray this has been helpful to help you think about how you can grow in virtuous emotions in our lives. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you have any questions, you can always reach me at info.edwardsri at gmail.com. That's info.edwardsri at gmail.com. Uh, you can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find me on my website, edwardsri.com. And you can always find our show notes as well from Ascension Press. So grateful to my friends at Ascension who put this show together and put the show notes to give us a little more background and information on the, the topics we're looking at. And you can get those show notes for free if you haven't already at ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. God bless.